Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to another episode of the Good Girl, Great God podcast. Today, we're going to do something a little bit different, and your guest is going to be me. <laughs> we have the beautiful Michaela Carter. She's going to be interviewing me, and this episode will be all about my relationship with God. So please join us as we talk about how I came to know the Lord. In Jesus' name, let's get started. Hey, Gerana. Thank hey, you. Thank you, girl. <laughs> Give me the opportunity to interview you today and just talk more about your journey. This is such an honor. So I do have some more serious questions, but we'll just start off with Icebreaker first just to kind of get you warmed up. So I just want to know, what is your favorite worship song and why? Uh, I have two. So I really like For Your Glory by Tasha Cobbs Leonard. And it's kind of a dangerous song to sing. So, okay, God, for your glory, I'll do anything because... You might get tested on that. You really might have to do anything. If you want to walk in the path of the Lord, if you want to do what he's called you to do, then you got to be fully surrendered. God is not something you can have to have one toe in and one toe out. It's all or nothing. So I'm all in with God. And then I feel like my favorite worship worship song is What a Beautiful Name. It just really does speak to the beauty in Christ and not just who he was, but just the sacrifice that he made. If you didn't want heaven without us, you could have had anything. What? You could have really been up there living your best life and not thought twice about us. And just the fact that Jesus died in such a blameless way for me and you and everyone to just have life more abundantly. Who else, you know, gonna lay your life down for you? no matter what. So I really love those two songs. Okay. I love those songs too. <laughs> First of all, your playlists are top tier. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> so walk me through what's the Javana worship experience. What's that like? What's your favorite way to worship? Do you like to run that out 20? Or like just more combined? <laughs> I feel like worship is a daily practice. I don't think I have a specific way that I like to. It could be me in my living room. It could be me in my car. I worship a lot in my car. It could also just be me while I'm cooking. I just try to really surround myself with worship. And it's not even that I just only listen to gospel music or worship music. I just try to do a good job of incorporating God in everything that I do. And it's not just singing, even though I have no problem breaking out a song as people who know me know very well. But I think the best thing is just allowing God to be a part of everything I do and not constricting him to Sunday morning or a worship night or something like that. It's just my whole life is worship. My whole life is in service to him. So yeah, I love that. That's definitely a good reminder to just incorporate him throughout the week. It's not confined to just one day. So I love that. So I think as we get to know you more, we're seeing the brand pop back out. People follow you on Instagram. They follow your podcast. We see this beautiful, vibrant person. <laughs> but I want to get to know the real Javonna. I feel like I know them, but I feel like the people need to know. Javonna, <laughs> <laughs> what is her story? So what are some things you could tell us about your story and how you even got to the point that you are today? Ooh, how did I get to where I am today? A lot of life. Even though I'm young, I feel like a lot of things have happened in my life. So I'm originally from Augusta, Georgia. I went to church a, a little while when I was a kid. Really, like when my parents started going divorced, I feel like that's the first time I can remember actually going to church when my dad used to take us. My family was just not in a good place. And so it felt like when we would go to church, it would be worse. We would leave and I felt like, what was the purpose of us going? Because everybody's in a bad mood and it just was not good. And so once I got old enough to drive and I was fortunate enough to have a car in high school, 
And I was able to just drive myself to church. And that's really what I did. And I want to say my sister told me about some boy that she met that had read the Bible three or four times. And it just made me just want to pick up my Bible. So I would drive myself to church at 16 by myself. I really didn't like going to church with people because my experience had been so negative. And I would just drive and literally sit in the balcony by myself and just go to church. But I had always had kind of a Jesus influence because I was always in choirs. I always sang. So I would sing gospel music and choral style music and I would exalt the Lord through that. But it wasn't like I was in church every Sunday until I started driving myself and reading the word on my own. And it just became a regular thing I did. I would read a verse every single day and I would go to church and I would pray. I always prayed. And that's something I've been doing my whole life. We did pray. And I learned how to pray very early and talk to God and ask him for things very early. I didn't know how to really maybe listen or maybe I didn't understand what listening to God looked like, but I knew how to pray and ask for things. And I saw that when I would pray, things would happen. And so prayer has been something I've been doing since I was a little girl from praying over my food or just say your prayers before you go to bed. God is great. God is, you know, so we started there and it evolved. And then when I went to college, I started going to chapel and then I was reading my word. And I took a semester off and that was really a rough time for me and my relationship with the Lord. So I feel like it was the first time I asked for something and, and it didn't happen. That was my first time really praying and really wanting something and it not going my way. And then I transferred and I stayed going to church and I just kept going. And then I got baptized. Was I 21? I think I was 20. I got baptized when I was 20 and just still just praising God and getting to know him more and going to small groups and just really pressing in. I graduated in December and I took about three to six months off and I just read my Bible every day. I made a decision January. I was going to read the Bible in a year and I read it before a year. It was every single day, just me and God, chapters and chapters and chapters. I wrote a whole devotional. And from then on, it just evolve it was it's been baby steps but it's always been him encouraging me or maybe pressing on my heart to press towards him and I think reading the word on my own it kind of kept me from perverted spirituality because it was nothing that somebody was telling me about God it was what I was reading about him myself and then I started taking discipleship classes and I started learning more about what it means to be a Christian and why Jesus died and what that looks like and that definitely took my spirituality up a notch into another level but I'm so grateful for that time because I feel like my walk with the Lord is so pure because it was just me and him at first and it wasn't everybody else. So now I understand how important community is because for a while I was like, it's me and God. We don't, I don't need extra people. Like I don't want nobody bothering me. I want my relationship with God to be alone. And I feel like that was probably a bit of a trick of the enemy just from how I started. But over time, I love the fact that I have community now in Christ and I have friends that I can call and talk to about Jesus or people who can pray for me. And I see the impact that it has in the kingdom to just not feel like you're by yourself, not feel like you're weird when you go through things or like it's just you or that God is singling you out. Now we're on a podcast and a retreat and all kind of other stuff in, but my heart's posture is really just to serve God and to do things his way. And I think it's just more opportunities for me to look more like him and to really die to self every day (laughs) so that I can arise in him and wake up in him. Yeah, no, that's definitely a journey to die to your flesh every day, trusting God. Um, (laughs) 
So I know you talked about your family life and all the transitions that you've experienced over time. What would you say is that one defining moment or period of time in your life where you're just like, I can almost see the face of God and feel the presence of him and just see him turning the tide that I've never thought he would turn before. Mm -hmm. It was just one moment that sticks out to you. What would that be? Yeah. So my mom had a stroke in 2019 And something people might not know is when my parents got divorced, my dad actually got custody of us. And so I grew up with my dad. So I didn't see my mom a lot when I was maybe from eight to 18. She was in and out kind of because she lived in a different state and she never lived in Georgia again after the divorce. And so it was challenging for her to see us. It wasn't like she was picking us up and going to school and stuff. And I grew up a mommy's girl. So I was very, very close to my mom. And with her being gone, it was like a piece of me was gone. And I was so angry during that time. And it was really just because my I was heartbroken. And my parents' divorce was very ugly. It was not one of those copacetic, oh, me and my ex are friends. No, they hated each other. It was apparent that they hated each other. And it was very challenging for us as a family. And honestly, we're just now recovering from that time and that was I was like 2003 we're just now fully as a family getting back to a healthy place so I graduated from college and when I graduated I had a job I could have stayed here in Atlanta and things just weren't working out I had a roommate I was supposed to live with and then she canceled on me and I was looking for apartments and I could afford a one bedroom but not a nice one so I would have had to like live in a trap a little bit I just didn't feel comfortable in any of the places that I saw I just felt like the Lord was just like, just call your mom and see if you can go stay with her. And I called her and I was like, mom, this grown up stuff, it's not looking <laughs> like what I wanted it to look like. Can I come and live with you? And she was like, oh my gosh, I had been praying. I wanted you to come live with me. I had been praying that you would ask me, but I never thought you would want to. I think she still kind of has some, I mean, we, we talked about all the impact of the divorce and in college, she was extremely active. She would drive and stay in my dorm room <laughs> overnight you know I'll like all of my friends from college you know if you see me you see her so people would never know that we had so much physical time apart because she just we have the same heartbeat we have the same face we have <laughs> the same everything like she's just such a big part of me and so I ended up going and living with her for about a year and a half I graduated so from January 2018 until she had her stroke in September 2019 so about a year and nine months almost two years and it was amazing I mean we had some troubles but it was just wonderful being together it was just nice experiencing her and basically it felt like all of that time that I didn't get when I was a kid I was able to get again and it was so redemptive I felt like the Lord was making up for lost time and then she had her stroke And I found her, I had went to work that morning and I had knew kind of like something was wrong. I just was having such morbid thoughts. And I went to work that morning and I talked on the phone with her and I was like, I love you. And I I felt like the phone maybe hung up, but my mom is terrible at her phone. 
you know that phone was always dead because she liked to play games on her phone so it was like if you call her it, it wasn't anything to twice to think about with her phone being dead because it was always dead and that day was a long day I left maybe nine in the morning to go to work and then I went and got my hair done and then my coworkers were having this happy hour thing so I went to there so I didn't get back home until 9 p.m now I walked in the house and I heard this noise and it sounded like snoring, but it was weird because my mom doesn't snore. So I'm like, is she exhausted? The way it was set up, her room was in the back and I walked to the back and she was just on the floor and it was like her aspirating was the noise I heard all the way from the door. So I'm screaming, I call 911 and, you know, we drive and I get to the hospital and I called my pastor and she came and some of my, my sisters from church came and basically from that morning, until I, I got back to her, she had been down. And so the fact that she was alive at all was a miracle because to a stroke the time is the thing that you really, that's the most important thing. And so I'm at the hospital and I'm just in a daze. Like, I'm like, this cannot be my life. Like, this is not happening to me right now. So they do the surgery and they're like, okay, this time is going to be critical and you know, I have to call everybody because I'm the only person who, you know, lives in this area and everybody's getting on my nerves. <laughs> and, you know, I'm in the hospital for really every single day for about three to six months. I'm just there. And if I didn't go, like you just you go through so much when stuff like that happens, you go through guilt because if I would have got home quicker, you go through sadness because it's nothing you can do. It's like a level of helplessness. And even though I never want to go back to that time in my life again, and it was the hardest time, I know God was with me. And I filled up so many journals of him just talking to me and being there with me. And so many people just did so many nice things like, okay, my mom is sick. So now I don't have anywhere to live, you know, but I can't leave Columbia because somebody has to be there for her. So one of my friends let me stay with her for free. My job was very understanding. So I just kind of would go in and out of there, even though they did say I used to just be so positive. And now it's not that I wasn't positive anymore, but I do feel like I always had this child. My mom used to call me a Toys R Us kid. She's like, you don't ever want to grow up. You want to be a Toys R Us kid forever. I was not one of those kids that wanted to be grown and have a whole bunch of boys and be drunk and at parties and stuff. No, I want to be a kid for as long as I could. I want to be in a child's place. I didn't want them bills. <laughs> I didn't want any of that. And I think if I have a moment, that was a time I life. yeah, you're not a kid no more. You are grown. You know, that that's over with. And I had a very low tolerance for anything that was not what it needed to be. Just because I had so much going on, but... I say that to say, I know that the Lord was with me and has been with me because there are people that go through things like that and they don't come out with joy. They don't come out with peace. It's unfortunate, but I'm not the first person that something bad has happened to. And my mom is still alive and I can communicate with her. It's obviously not maybe what I wanted it to be now in the natural, but God definitely has done a work. And when you hear people who have 18 hours where they're down they don't come back from that they don't they don't have any cognitive ability my mom knows who I am and when I talk to her I know she hears me she responds in her own way and so I think 
yeah, it was a lot of moments where I was upset and you go through the why me and you go through the trauma of finding your loved one like that and being the caregiver and a lot of stuff I go through, I have to do on my own. There aren't people that can come with me. Nobody was in the hospital room with me. Even now driving to see her is a five hour drive. Nobody takes that drive with me but God is always with me. And it just showed me that even when things get hard, A, it showed me that what was inside of me, which is, I don't care how hard stuff gets, I'm never going to turn my back on God. And it also showed me that he's never going to turn his back on me. And so I would just encourage anybody, if you're in a season that's hard, give yourself permission to feel the hard and tell God how you feel because he can take it. But no, there is life on the other side of that pain. And don't let the enemy try to trick you into believing that your life doesn't matter or that it's not worth living or that you should just roll up and die because that's a lie. <laughs> and if God gave you life, it's a reason for it. But also there can be a level of hopelessness when you go through something so traumatic and you don't have to be hopeless. Because on the other side, there is life. And more things, bad things happen after that. But now, it's we back up, you know? And a lot of things I prayed for, I have now. And my life is in a much better place. I have a, a job where it's not demanding at all. And it allows me time and room to do the things that I want to do and really focus on ministry. And it pays me well enough to live in a nice apartment. And I don't have to be stressed at work. I refuse to be stressed at work. <laughs> and also I'm a walking testament of God's grace and his mercy and just life after tragedy. And so I just encourage everyone to just keep going because there is more. There's always more. If you're here, if you're breathing, there is more. And I would encourage you to lean into that more and ask God how he wants to use this to glorify his name, his kingdom, and let him make you better instead of bitter. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that was really beautiful. I first just want to say thank you for being vulnerable enough to share mm. your testimony. Just in conversations that we've had, I know this isn't easy for you, mm. but I'm very proud of you because you <laughs> such an amazing testimony and it really just even shows you just like the character of God and who he is and kind of helps you get a better understanding of sometimes why bad things do happen to good people and sometimes we think life isn't fair because it really isn't but it's just moments like this that are great reminders that God knows what he's doing he's working in the background and so I just really appreciate you sharing that and just even being willing to have this conversation today like this is huge it's a huge mm -hmm. and so I just pray that you know how powerful this moment is I do want to ask just how this built your relationship with God. I know this was building your relationship with your mom and everything, but how have you seen other relationships in your life be transformed by this moment? With God, I just, like I said, I know that he will never leave me or forsake me. Also just crazy moments. I would be in the hospital and I would be praying for other people. Or I would meet somebody. And I remember the chaplain came in maybe two days after and I was just in such high spirits. I think I ended up praying for him. And he was like, nobody's ever prayed for me in a situation like that. And it wasn't fake. Like I was good. Some days I wasn't good. But on the days that I was, it wasn't it wasn't hard for me. Like I said, I always prayed. And so I was able to bless a lot of people while I was there. And people were able to bless me. 
how has it built my relationships with other people? The level of grace that I'm able to extend. I know it's God because I was not a graceful person growing up. More from a perspective of like, well, I don't understand why people can't be like me, you know, and you not even like you. Everything that you do, <laughs> it's the grace of God. It does not have to look like this. And so definitely just, I don't know. I just feel like it made me look more like God. And I think if you, the more you look like God, the purer your relationships are and the better you can show up for people, the more grace you can give, the longer you can have relationships with people. I know a lot of the friendships I've had, I've had for years now. And I think, and it's not that they haven't gotten on my nerves and I haven't gotten on their nerves. It's just, we've decided to love each other through it. And I know that that is Christ you know, that unconditional love and patience and kindness and all of those things in First Corinthians 13, fruit of the spirit in Galatians, all of those things come from Christ. So if your relationship with God gets better, automatically all the other relationships with yourself, with other people will get better because you'll just look more like him. And so I thank him every day. That's a prayer of mine. God, I want to look more like you. Sometimes it's rough. <laughs> <laughs> Because, you know, everybody wants a blessing, but nobody wants persecution. Nobody wants to have to forgive somebody. Nobody wants to have to go through things. But that's what makes you look more like Christ. And that's that's the kind of life I want to live. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned how, you know, during this tough time of your life, you still found just kind of the ability to pray for other people. Mm-hmm. And we all know that prayer life, especially when you're going through some things, is pretty tough. I know for me personally, I have definitely struggled with talking to God during times of like turmoil. So what were some things that kind of kept you going with your prayer life or strengthened your prayer life during this time? And just kind of to help other people when they're dealing with certain things to just continue to be willing to pray to God. I don't know. I think I just, I don't know what else to do. I think that fortunately for me, the Lord removed distractions and stuff maybe I could have had I've never been a big drinker and I purposefully do not drink when I'm going through something I believe in going through everything hard sober which is not something that most people probably know or think about but for me I like to know I like to be in my right mind I don't want to give the enemy any room to move so if I'm going through something I will not drink I only will drink if I'm happy and at this point I really don't hardly drink at all so there was nothing left if you're sitting in the hospital room and a lot of the time was in the ICU and they don't have tv in the ICU and then I would try to watch tv and I just didn't have peace about it so I was just journaling and I think that the more you're able to remove distractions although it might feel very painful and feel harder I think that it if you want to come out looking more like God if you really want God more than you want anything else, more you want to be comfortable, more than you want to be soothed in the natural, then you will lean towards him and not away from him. And you kind of have to command your soul to, okay, God, these are all my feelings. I'm going to write them out and I'm going to share them with you. I'm purposefully going to listen to worship music. I'm purposefully going to not drink, not smoke, not be in the company of people that don't have my best interests at heart. And so I really just was cognizant. But a lot of that was me having a foundation in the Lord before this happened. I was already in discipleship class before this happened. I was already heavy in my church. I already had read my Bible through cover to cover. So when this happened, 
I had a foundation of the Lord and he was my firm foundation. So I would just say, if you are going through something, get in your word and do the thing that might feel hard and that the world might tell you crazy and your friends might tell you, let's go out. There is no fruit in stuff that's not of God. And if you are looking for godly fruit, if you are looking for peace, if you're looking for joy, he's the Prince of Peace. So you kind of have to be willing to get in the presence and not leave the presence. Even if you don't feel him immediately, if you don't hear him immediately, you have to be willing to lay your life down and say, okay, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want from me during this time? And that would just be my advice. If you want to see godly fruit, you got to do godly things. And that's that's really all I could say. It might sound cliche or... You know, I don't know, but I don't know another way. So that was my way. That would be my advice. No, that's definitely great advice. So even just talking about dying to your flesh and laying down your life for God, I know you had to be very obedient to even share your testimony today to start your ministry. And so I kind of want to talk more about good girl, great God, and just how did we get here? I know your story, but what did the journey look like from just having to give God your yes to this ministry and, you know, were there any starts and stops and just how did we get to the brand that is today that I have on today? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so cute. So I don't know, 2018, 2019, I did this spiritual retreat. I just felt the Lord call me to do it. It was very funny because in hindsight, I don't want to say I wasn't super spiritual because that's not true, but I wasn't casting out demons or, you know, doing nothing like that at the time. I just was on fire for God and I felt on my heart to do a retreat. So we did a retreat and luckily you were there. A couple of my other sisters in Christ came and it was just so amazing. It was so great and I was so honored. And it was so funny because all the women I wanted to go that were more spiritually mature than me that I did know cast out demons and stuff nobody could come so I had this whole plan and I was gonna you know let them lead sessions and all of these things and it just did not turn out like that and we all just end up worshiping and going after the Lord and he just showed up differently for every single person and it was such a blessing and I still see fruit from that to this day and after that I felt like the Lord wanted me to do a ministry. I did feel that, but nothing felt right. The names wasn't going right. And I had all these ideas and nothing was going right. And then I did a fast. And that's when Good Girl, Great God came to me. I still didn't know what it was going to be at the time. And then I felt the Lord, like I was going to do this book, right? This book of all of these testimonies and did all these interviews in 2020 it was like 20 something interviews with all of these different women from the church and people I knew from different walks of life and it was so encouraging to me and I needed it I didn't know I needed it at the time but I needed it because so many of them were just blessing me with their stories and it was people I had seen the end but I didn't know their journey I didn't know their path and I guess just the journalist in me I'm always asking people what are your stories? I was the most inquisitive kid. Even as a child, I was always asking people, what's their story or where they came from or why is so-and-so like that? And people were just sharing their heart and how they got to know the Lord. And, oh, I had a merch launch then too. And then everything kind of halted. I just was not in the best place spiritually. And one thing I'm not going to do is fake it. I, I, I promise you, my heart is always to honor the Lord, but I cannot pour from an empty cup. I don't want to lead from a place where I'm unhealthy. If I'm not healthy spiritually, how am I going to lead other people? I think it's it's wisdom sometimes in taking a step back and letting God 
be God in your life. That way you have something to give to other people. So I took a time, some time off there and people were telling me that it was me and God was waiting on me and not the other way around. And it very well could have been that, but the way it was happening, okay? <laughs> and I didn't have no peace about doing anything else. So until I had peace, I was not going to do it. And so then it all just kind of came back around and we got new merch now and things are just kind of starting. But I think the most important thing and what my prayer always is, is somebody will listen to these stories and they will be changed. They will want to live for God a little bit more. They'll want to keep pressing. They'll know they're not alone. They'll see that there's hope on the other side of whatever their thing is. And I believe that testimonies are so powerful. Like sharing your story is so powerful. And that's really what it's about. And even the merch is eye-catching, right? And people will see it. And I'll, it don't matter where I go. If I wear it, somebody's going to say something. I go to the grocery store, if I go to the gas station. But that's what it's for. Honestly, obviously the Lord gave me the design of everything. I take no credit for it. But I'm not, especially because I am not a graphic designer, okay? Everything I do that's graphic design and it is coming out great, I'm amazed every time. So I'm like, wow, God, you did that. <laughs> I took one graphic design class in college and we are on a wing and a prayer over here. And I'm grateful that stuff turns out the way that it does. But that's what it's for. And when somebody sees the shirt, it's like, oh, and they want to talk about God, you know, because they're, they're intrigued. And I think that that is... That's all it is. It's just a spark, a spark of conversation. These podcasts, hopefully a spark of something within your spirit. It's somebody planting, it's somebody watering and allowing God to bring the increase. So that's kind of where we are with the ministry. I don't really know where it's going to go, but if, if I never sell another shirt, I hope I sell all of these though. I do want to sell out of these, but after this is over, if I never sell another shirt or if I never do another conversation, it's just me being obedient and letting God decide where it's going to go. And my life is a ministry. This is something that God called me to for now. But if it's not forever, then as long as I'm here, as long as I'm breathing, I'm worshiping, I'm going to allow him to use me. So this is how he's using me right now. So we'll see where it goes. But thank you for supporting. <laughs> Love G4. We just over G4, praying that it just reaches the masses because it's an amazing brand. And, amazing. <laughs> and it's already touching so many lives. So I'm, I wear this proudly. I was like, thank <laughs> you. It's cute. We love it. It's so cute. <laughs> So say that there's a young woman out here that's just like, Javonna, I have a ministry on my heart, but life is life and I'm tired. I've been through too much. My schedule is crazy. I may have a husband, kids, whatever, whatever. Do you have any practical tips or just any advice for that person to just take that step or leap of faith to start their ministry or business or organization, whatever it is that's on their heart? Yeah, I would say pray. If you really feel called, and that's another thing. Just because God gives you something, it doesn't mean now is the time. Mm. It doesn't mean that it's going to look the way you thought it was going to look. It doesn't mean it won't pivot. This was initially a book and now it's a podcast, right? So in my mind, it was a book. Obviously, God knew, knows better. But I think that seeking God every step of the way, and I always use this example that they use in my old church. If Abraham wouldn't have been listening to God's voice every step of the way, then he would have killed the promise. And so you want to make sure that you're listening to the Lord every step of the way. But that would be my biggest thing is prayer. And something I like to do is deposits. I have a lot of stuff in my mind on my plate. So every day might not be editing an hour. 
Some days it might be I only edit 10 minutes. Some days it might be I make three posts. Some days I might not make one. So it's just when you have the energy, use it and go forth. But also make deposits regularly, regular deposits. I'm not saying every day because we need our Sabbath and our rest. And every day doesn't look the same, but regular deposits into what you feel the Lord has called you to do. But most importantly, prayer. If you ask God to help you, he will. And then when he answers you, respond. Don't keep doing the same stuff you were doing before. If he told you you need to wake up at 6 a.m., get up. You know, if he told you you need to eat differently, so you'll have more energy. Or maybe you need to have a conversation with your husband if that's where God led you. Or pray. If maybe your husband doesn't agree with what you're doing, pray and ask God to show him what he showed you. But that would be my thing. My biggest, I think the biggest attribute is prayer. Because if God called you to it, then he'll bring you through it. And I don't think he puts stuff in our hearts for no reason. But I think the how matters to God. The when matters to God. And so it's important to seek him every step of the way. And if you do, I believe that he's faithful to respond. Mm -hmm. I know we have talked about, you know, your business, well, your ministry, and you just kind of seeing where God takes you. But do you have an idea of who you see yourself becoming or who God has revealed to you that you're becoming? No, I'm, I'm not a good person with the future. I love thinking about and dreaming about the future, but I feel like when I focus too much on the future, it makes me anxious. For instance, if I ask God something and maybe he shows me this vision, what am I doing today? I don't care about today. I want to I want to be that girl you said I was going to be in five years tomorrow. I will start doing stuff and trying to make stuff happen. And I just am not mature enough <laughs> to know too much. So honestly, I rarely pray and ask God about the future. I definitely will write things down that I want or things I would like to see. But I just really do better step by step because for me, I know some people and they're like, no, like I need to see the vision of the future to make me get through the day. And bless y'all. But for me <laughs> personally, I think that, I mean, I definitely see myself becoming more like God. Like that's something I see tangibly. I see in my life that God has made me look more like him. He's made me more mature in my relationships are stronger and healthier. So that's always my prayer is I just want things to be healthy. When I think about my marriage, my kids, and that's, you know, I'm not married today. You know, I'm married to God today. You know, <laughs> when they come. <laughs> but that's always, even like a ministry or even if God calls me to start a business or my career, everything, I just always pray for health. I want things to be healthy. I want them to be fruitful, but I want them to be healthy. And I know that, you can have fruit and then not be healthy. And so that's just my prayer for, for the ministry is that it's healthy. And if for some reason or someday it's no longer healthy, then I would rather God take it or at least readjust it than to keep going in a direction that's not glorifying him. So that is my prayer for my life is that everything will be healthy. So that's who I see myself, I guess, becoming a healthier, more Jesus-like version of myself and everything that comes with that let's do it <laughs> so we are touching and agreeing on that <laughs> I kind of want to pivot back to G4 I don't think I even realized the weight of the words that I was wearing good girl mm -hmm. great guy because we live in a world where it's just so many bad things happening and we forget that we're serving a great God. Mm -hmm. So for women and men, just anyone who is struggling to 
live a righteous life and to stick with God's plan for their life. Do you have any advice for them? I know, you know, definitely praying, but there's some times where I'm just like, I don't want to pray. Like, you know, I'm tired of being this good girl. I know I have a great guy. Like I keep forgetting that, but it's just, it's so much coming at me every day just by being in this world. So what would you say to someone like that? I would say community is very important. I think there have been times where maybe I just didn't feel like I had anything left. And I would call one of my spiritual sisters that I talk to a lot and she encourages me or I'll call, you know, Mama Sin or Pastor Nikki or just a couple of other people. And they really bless me when I don't have it because I don't want anybody to think I have it every day. I promise you, I do not. (laughs) I promise you, I have days like everybody else where I'm just not feeling it. I pray that those days are few and far between, but I do have some or when I feel like I have been praying and the answer I'm getting, I don't understand. Or maybe it's just not, it's not feeling like I think it's supposed to feel. And I think having community is so important because A, it reminds you that you're not alone. B, you have intercession, people who can stand in the gap for you. And also, if you don't have any community at the moment, which I will encourage you to get some, the Holy Spirit intercedes for you. And he prays that in grownness that no man can understand. And so I think that you always have an advocate in the Holy Spirit when you are baptized and you are saved. But if you're talking about just disciplines, reading your word, praying, and when you go through those seasons where you don't feel like it, I would still encourage you to press on anyway. Don't let your feelings dictate your praise. You're praising God for who he is and who he is is not just who he is today or what you feel like he is today. God doesn't exist in time. So it's who he's always been, who he's always going to be. And pressing through, I think, I don't want to, because I don't want to say it and diminish your experience or what you're going through in life. But I will say, if you're not feeling good with God, it's not going to get no better without him. <laughs> so if you think that you're the world and the enemy might make you feel and the world might look make it look like it's going to be better I'm telling you it is nothing in that world for you that's better than what God has for you in the long run and so I would say if you're struggling with him you don't want to know where you would be without him mm-hmm. so I would say press into the one who knows and the one that can actually help you and pull you out and give you some peace and some joy in the midst of stuff because the world can't do nothing for you, but make you worse. <laughs> a lot of you will make you think you better and in reality, you'll be worse. And you're still going to have to come back to God anyway. So let's skip all the steps and let's just go to the Father and give him your heart and your troubles and surround yourself with people who will encourage you to do that because I think who you're around, what do they say? The people around you influence you more than you influence them. If you got people around, girl, let's go get drunk. Girl, you should go sleep with this boy. Girl, let's go smoke weed and that'll make it better. You got to get around some people that's going to encourage you in things of the Lord if you want to. And I'm not saying like you can't have any friends that drink, smoke, have sex. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is when you're looking for advice and you're looking for somebody to pour into you, one thing Mama Sin always says is if you do what the world does, you'll have what the world has. Mm-hmm. And you want to be around some people that are moving spiritually because that's going to influence your walk and that's going to influence your experience. And 
I, I just don't know another way that works. So that's just my advice, you know, community and pressing, even when it's hard. And sometimes it's hard. So be encouraged. <laughs> it's <gets> better. <laughs> well, I'm definitely taking all this in. <laughs> so I know I keep asking you for advice for other people, but I want to talk to little Miss Javonna Swan. Okay. Uh, what would you tell your younger self? <laughs> What I tell my younger self? Mm. What I tell my younger self? I was gonna say some cliche like it gets better, but really life still be hard. Honestly, maybe like that she's loved, and mm. not that I didn't feel loved growing up, cause I, I I did, but it's a different level of love you feel when you understand how much God loves you. And I still don't even think I know how much God really loves me, but I mean, maybe like you're stronger than you think. I don't know. I don't really know what I would tell her. Just keep going. <laughs> Just keep living. You know, I think that a lot of things feel like the end of the world when you're in it and then you get past it and you're like, I wish that was my biggest problem today, but you can't tell yourself that in the moment. But you know what I would tell my younger self? Be what you want to see. The love that you feel like nobody gave you, give it away. The person that you feel like you would have wanted to be there for you, be that for somebody else. Give what you wish you could receive. And not that I even feel like today I've received all of the things that I, the, the way that I give, but what I do know is, it's so much misery and raggedy stuff in the world. I just don't want to be an enemy to progress. I don't want to add any negativity into the world. And so that's how I really try to live my life. I'm the friend that I wish I had. I'm the sister that I wish I had. I try to be the daughter that I hope I have one day. And I do believe in kingdom principles. And I do believe that you reap what you sow. So instead of being so angry and giving people what they give you, Give people what you wish somebody would give you. Give people what you want somebody to give you. And I see more fruit from that. Just in me having peace, it's a good feeling. And I have to apologize to nobody for going off on them. It's a good feeling. I have that conviction of feeling bad, even if you don't apologize. Doing the right thing can be hard on the flesh, but it's so freeing and fruitful to the spirit. And so that would be my encouragement is, you know, realistically, you may never see Nobody might ever give you what you want to get, but you can you can give that to someone else and that is glorifying God. And so, yeah, that's what's most important. That is that is success is glorifying God, not the outwardly things, not what the world tells you it is, not how much money's in your bank account. Even though we do want money in a bank account, okay? But more than anything is glorifying God. And you do that by doing the right thing, having integrity, even when nobody's looking, even if nobody will know that you said this, did this, prayed this, God knows and he honors it and he will honor it. Mm -hmm. Good. Good. So before we wrap up, I wanted to talk to God real quick. Okay. <laughs> so if he was sitting right in your face, right? I mean, he's all around. We know this. <laughs> <laughs> after just reflecting on your story tonight and just reflecting on your life just all together if he was like let's go have coffee what would you say to him right now thank you <laughs> <laughs> thank you 
what more can I do? What more am I supposed to be doing? I appreciate your sacrifice because, wow, <laughs> I'm hearing like that Tamala man, I can only imagine, like not even go be able to speak, but I think the biggest thing would be thank you because I've been in situations and it it didn't have to turn out this way. Even though certain things maybe haven't gone my way, certain things could have gone a lot worse. I don't even know how much stuff God has spared me and graced me for and through so I think more than anything I would tell him thank you because it could have been me <laughs> it should have been me if it was not for that blood okay we thank God for the blood because whoo <laughs> the giraffe okay <laughs> Well, I just want to say thank you again. This has truly blessed me. Even just knowing your story, I feel like just getting more in depth with it was like very helpful, very inspiring. So I just really pray that others are blessed by your story. And I just pray over you. I pray over G4. And I thank you for even just this opportunity to talk to you about this, because I know this is a huge moment for you. And I'm just thankful to be on the journey. So I'm very proud of you, sis. <laughs> and I just thank God for your life and your ministry. Well, thank you so much for... The people who don't know me, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure, but I'm very private. Like a lot of this stuff is just me and God, but I am learning to open up more because I do feel like, A, first rule leadership is never ask somebody to do something you're not willing to do yourself, but B, it can bless people. And why I just let all of my pain be in vain? God wants to use it to do something, then I am out of the way. <laughs> So I thank you for being willing to ask me the questions. I'm so used to being on the other side. It's kind of weird, but I'm grateful. And I pray that this moment, this conversation is fruitful to people. I guess we could just pray now over the audience. So Father God, we just thank you so much for every person who's listening underneath the sound of my voice. God, may they be blessed. God, may as a result of them listening to this, may they get closer to you. May they feel like they want to press on a little bit more that they want to seek you, that they want what you have and not what the world has, no matter how attractive the world makes it seem, God. I pray that you will fill them with truth. Pray that you will give them a zeal for your word and a desire to read your word for themselves and that the Holy Spirit will give them revelation as they read and they won't just feel like they're doing it in vain. I pray for a community, God. I pray that you send good people around them, people that want to worship you, want to follow you, will encourage them to go even deeper and further in their walk, Lord God. And just that somebody will be healed. Everybody listen to the sound of my voice will get something out of this. They will get your attention out of this, God. They will get what you desire for them to have. And I pray that whatever seed they can get, that they will plant it and that somebody will water it and somebody will tend to it and that you will bring the increase. And I thank you for allowing me to be a conduit of your grace and of your mercy and to share. I thank you for giving me a testimony and give, making me victorious, God. I thank you for the victory over every single thing that enemy tried to throw at me, everything that went wrong in life. I thank you that we get to be victorious in you and it's nothing that we do, but it's all what you've already done on the cross. And we can take solace and have hope in that. Thank you for being our hope, for being our shield, for being our strength. And I pray that anybody who's going through something will gain a revelation of your truth concerning the situation, your truth concerning them, your truth concerning everyone attached to them and attached to the situation. And that that will be enough to 
let them know that they're already victorious in you. And we thank you. We love you. We thank you for your victory. We thank you for winning every battle and never losing on our behalves, for dying on the cross for our sins and for coming back to life so that we can have life and life more abundantly. You have conquered death, hell, and the grave. And we worship, honor, and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody. Well, I'm Giovanna, and this is Michaela. Yeah, we're just good girls who met a great guy. We'll see you back next time. Bye.